Okay, Mindy Joy here, and I am doing a podcast this morning on a Bible portion that's part of my scheduled Bible reading this morning, which is Luke chapter 10, 1 through 24. And this morning, I'm focusing on simply what this was saying to me this morning, and I want to hear from you if you relate it to anything that that I'm sharing this morning. So Luke chapter 10, verse one, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And what this reminds me of is my reading in Deuteronomy, where there was an ongoing theme where it said, the Lord will go before you, but you will defeat them. And I might be referring to, maybe it was Joshua too. I might be, that might be a mistake that it was Joshua I was referring to. But there was, that that was repeated more than once, a few times. It was to me the theme of the warfare that went on in Joshua for them to take back the land from the Canaanites. So again, the Lord would often say, I am going before you, but you will defeat them. But here he's saying he appointed, okay, 72 others. So this is telling us there were more than 12 disciples that were doing the work. And he sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. So this is kind of flip, like first they're going, but then the Lord is going to go. But he said to them, the harvest is plentiful but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. So this reminds me that even today, like as Christians, you know, we have an enemy that tries to tell us to just shut up, just be politically correct, to when we pass by people that are on the street, maybe crying or begging, you know, don't stop and ask if you could pray for them because that might be dangerous. And yeah, there might be times, but I believe that we'll get that unction from the Holy Spirit, like just pass on by this time. But we're supposed to go forward. We're supposed to go forward and, and tell others that there's a God who loves them and there's a way out of what they're going through. Um, through Christ and his shed blood, not just through any old thing, um, but through Christ and his shed blood. And we may not have all the answers for them intellectually or even all the means financially to help them at that minute, but we can put in motion prayer for them. And so prayer is huge. It should not be as a Christian underestimated the power of your prayers, not just for yourself, but especially through others. And it's kind of sad that God is saying, you know, the harvest is plentiful. Like to me, that might mean there's a lot of people ready to receive him, but very scary, mamby-pamby, lukewarm Christians who are afraid to say or do anything. And so going on, um, let's see, go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Okay, Jesus, that doesn't sound like fun. And he, And not only that, but he says, Carry no money bag. In other words, you know, don't bring extra money with you. No knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. So you're, So he just told them to go, you know, obviously don't bring a backpack and um, all your credit cards and all those things. Um, 
but if not, of course you understand that I know they didn't have credit cards then, back then, right? Okay, thank you. But if not, it will return to you. Oh, I'm sorry, um, verse five. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. Why would we say that? Because Jesus is our Sabbath rest. He is the Prince of Peace. And he's in, now for us on this side of the cross, he's inside of us. But at that time, he anointed them that they, with power from on high, that they would be able to do this task. So, but right now we're already equipped. We're already equipped. It's inside of us. We just have to do it. And it doesn't matter if we don't feel like we're ready for it. It doesn't matter if we don't feel that we're knowledge enough, if knowledgeable enough. If you know just a few, if you really believe that Jesus is Lord and that he endued you with power from on high, if you believe those scriptures and we keep quoting them, then you're, you're ready for this. So I implore you to memorize some scriptures about the power you have in Christ you know, just in, um, in Luke, I believe it's, let's see in this. Yeah. Just in this verse, he says, and he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, all the power of the enemy. So those wolves, that's an enemy, all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So we're not supposed to walk around with this big ego, like I'm better than you. No, because we're not right people looking out to set other people free from being wrong. We're people who are saved by grace, seeking others who are lost and trying to show them the same way that God saved us, that he could save them. It doesn't matter what their past was or what they did. So reading on whatever house you enter, say peace be to this house. And if, if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. How I'm relating this to this is if somebody rejects me and I'm talking about the Lord and they're like, I never want to talk to you again. Um, you know, I hate, talking about that, never bring that up again or get out of my face or even spit on me or whatever. Um, I'm to let my peace return to me and move on. That's it. Basically, let my peace return to me and move on. And also just know that you planted the seed. You don't know that at another time that they heard everything you said. And it just, for what, you know, those demons rose up and it just made them resist what you were saying but just keep going keep going keep going don't let that stop you uh so moving on um it says and remain in the same house eating and drinking what they provide for the labor deserves his wages so in other words like you know if they want to provide for you receive it don't turn it down receive it because he's sending them out and those people will be blessed and sometimes people you know um, they want to bless us and out of ego or pride, we don't want to receive it. And we don't realize that there's a blessing in, there's a blessing for that person, you know, by blessing us and vice versa, you know, um, when you give for the gospel's sake, that causes, you you sown into good ground, it would be given back to you, shaken together, running over, good measure, will, you know, will you receive? So, 
that we shouldn't stop people from that. Do not go from house to house. Whether you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you, heal the sick in it, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. So we're not healing the sick. The, king, the power from on high, Jesus through us, is, is healing them. Jesus gets all the glory and the credit. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its street and say, even the dust of your town that clings to your feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. So I just say, don't be concerned with the rejection. Just go forth with the people who need you. You know, it's just like when you're raising a child, you just you just keep educating them. You just keep training them in the way they should go. You know, you just keep giving them knowledge and wisdom and love. And when they have those two-year-old tantrums, you know, you don't just park there and just have the theme of your whole day. Oh, they had a tantrum this day. You know, you just do what you need to do or, you know, talk, you know, talk them down or, um, you know, however, you know, disciple them, discipline them in the sense of like, that's not going to get you what you want. You know, you, you use that as a training moment and you move on, you move on to the next teachable moment. And so I don't know, is that a good analogy or not? But the bottom line is don't internalize it. It's not personal. Don't let it make you pause. Don't let it make you depressed because it's designed for all of that. And that's not it. And it, there's no time to pause. There's no time to just go back in a corner and suck your thumb over your, our feelings got hurt. You know, it's not us that they're rejecting. Um, so, well, and remember that we rejected him too at one point. Most of us have. I know that I have. We made jokes, whatever. So, you know, not to be so high and lofty. It's just, we're just doing what we need to do. And then it's not really our responsibility how people, you know, react or receive or don't receive. We just have to be led of the Lord every second and ask him for help all the time. Just like Gideon, you know, people might want to put down Gideon because he kept fleecing the Lord. But one thing I admire about Gideon is that every little step of the way, he kept asking God, um, okay, please confirm this. I just want to make sure this is the right thing to do. He kept a running dialogue with God. And so I think that's important. That's something that I need to be better is to keep a running dialogue and when I find myself like wilting like a flower like I'm starting to think about things that are getting me sad or feeling a little overwhelmed with all the responsibility on my shoulders as I'm sure you all have a lot of responsibility on your shoulders for various things in life that we're doing with work and projects and such and such and so that uh that we are not to just stay stuck in that. When we're worrying, we should go to God in prayer. In Philippians 4, 6, it says, don't worry about anything. And in some versions in the Bible, it says, don't be anxious. You know, anxiety, eh. There's so many YouTubes now and, and so many blogs and people selling products for anxiety and stress. But, and praise God for that. You know, if there's something that's natural can help, because um, we're not only stressed, by our emotions, but we're stressed by our toxic environment. You know, we have, we don't have clean air, all these EMFs, you know, right now I got headphones on, I'm in front of three screens. You know, there's a lot of um, EMFs happening here in this little area. So we're all exposed to a lot of, a lot of that. 
and you know the lights and things like that and we don't get enough fresh air and sun sometimes so those are literally stressors so it's not just always our minds but we need to go to God and we need to not worry about it tell God everything we need and thank him for all he has done and then God's peace which surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and minds so these are you know, this is a guarantee, a promise from God. And that's a good scripture to memorize in Philippians 4, 6 for your mind. It's helped me a lot. And it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, be thankful. And I find that when I turn things around, um, for example, I'll be very personal with you, but yesterday I just got into a funk, like for about two hours. And I just, um, supposedly I'm on vacation, but I've been working my tail off um, doing other personal ministry projects but anyways I'm on vacation um from one um one job and praise God you know thank you Jesus for paid vacation and thank you Jesus for um for rest and for favor there but I I took two hours and I like was in my nothing box and did nothing and basically in the middle of the day went into an embryo position on my bed and just like stayed there and fell asleep on and off and I just wanted to beat myself so badly because it was good time to record music and good time to get a whole lot of stuff done. And I had to go, wait, 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 wait. What have I done? I thank God that I'm healthy. I have, you know, good mind. I, I'm, I'm good on my diet. I have a beautiful marriage. And when I woke up this morning, I got a lot of things done. And it was just two hours out of 24. So it's like, move on, move on, move on. And so I did, and I also had to kind of check in with myself, and I wasn't feeling 100%. Something just didn't sit right in my stomach, and you know, sometimes that happens. And again, it could be a little stress and anxiety or whatever, but I'm like, so what? So what? You know, devil, I'm not impressed. I'm, I'm moving on. Like, this isn't that big a deal. And I did, and I did wind up vocalizing, and those of you who are singers know when you take a lot of air in your diaphragm and your stomach's already hurting a little bit, you know, it's a little uncomfortable, but um, but it was all right. And I, um, this one operatic song that I'm working on, I sang it maybe like, after I vocalized, I maybe sang it like six times or something. And it was like, wow, I got, you know, I got my chops back kind of thing. So praise God for that. Um, and then I'm going to skip to the verse that I just um, read recently to you that in verse 17, it says, the 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, Again, I'm telling you the scripture again. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you, you, you listener who belongs to Christ Jesus. I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. Did you hear that? Serpents and scorpions represent all that little kingdom of Satan. And and if you don't believe me that that's the interpretation and even... Okay, say like you want to argue that that's wrong. Well, check out the next few words. And over all the power of the enemy and nothing, nothing. My late pastor used to say, what is left out of nothing? And we would all say nothing and nothing shall hurt you. So don't be afraid, woman of God, man of God. Don't be afraid that the spirits are, um, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you. So don't think you're like this bad mamma jam and you're better than everybody else just because you got anointing because everybody in the body of Christ 
when they start using the power that God gave them, we all operate in power. So you're not better than, don't get into the I'm superior, um, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So Jesus was giving them a little bit of humility here. And I just wanted to talk about this verse right here because this is like one of the, um, among one of the first scriptures that I was memorizing in my first year of really walking in the Lord in my 20s. And my son, if you've seen my website, my son um, had a diagnosis um, of autism. And he was a high need child. Can I get an amen from all um, the special moms out there who are warriors, you know, like me, who have special needs child, you know, children, and even those who have high functioning disabilities, you know, something, sometimes we see like our child isn't like acting like the other children, but I can't pinpoint it. Maybe they just are oversensitive. And I think, oh, he's like amazingly spiritual, you know, or whatever. Um, but he did have something going on, but praise God, we got him um, all the help we could and he's doing amazing now you can see the whole testimony on my um on my website and you could barely tell he has autism now you could see he's a unique individual but my late husband used to always say um about michael his biological son he used to always say just watch this he said mindy just enjoy this autism for now because he's gonna um just do amazing when he gets older he said it's not gonna last like these behaviors and that god is gonna do something amazing with him and um he didn't um i knew my husband just didn't say things to sound fluffy and nice because he just didn't he wasn't one that just said things to encourage you it was something he knew deep down in his heart that was something that the lord had given him about my son and i often just you know kept remembering what he said after he passed and my son was 11 years old at um at his departing to go to heaven so anyways what this also makes me think is that when my son i used to be part of a singing group at church uh is an awesome singing group there was at different times there were a different number of people in the group but it was like anywhere from seven to nine people and you know like two altos two tenors um two sopranos or three altos three you know three tenors three sopranos um some bass you know it was just an amazing group we had amazing um vocal director but anyways my, i used to take michael everywhere i went because his um his dad was either in the hospital or busy um busy ministering and because he was an assistant pastor so i took my son to the rehearsals and one time he just went on the platform in this huge auditorium he went on the platform and in circles he just kept saying this scripture behold i have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you and he went over and over again saying that with all this power i mean the child had to be like three or four years old i think i don't remember the exact age let's say like four years old at the time and he said it with so much conviction and you know i um the thing is is that some of the members of the group reminded me of that years later and and there were so many instances like that that i'm finding out even now when my son is 26 years old of things that he did in the nursery that were where he would like line up all the toys and preach to them and so those were the things that i parked on those were 
you know, we have to choose the things we're going to think on that in spite of the tantrums, in spite of the inappropriate behavior, in spite of people telling me that my son had a demon and sometimes him stomping on the Bible and whatever, because he had just had a really hard time in um, children's church, not necessarily because of the workers, but because of, um, because of just, you know, they have sensory issues. Um, and so anyways, my point was that this scripture, like I said, this is what these scriptures speak to me. This is reminding me this. So I guess the Holy Spirit is telling me and reminding me that God is always doing things behind closed doors. And like a detective, are we noticing the gifts and the answer prayers we're getting throughout the day? Are we noticing it? I mean, did you pray a whole long time ago for something whether to be married or that you would have a beautiful marriage or that you could have children or that um, maybe even that you would be sober or that you could be a normal weight. And if you check it out, it's like maybe some of those things have manifested, even a broken marriage that got healed, you know, um, God can fix anything. And um, or that you were um, once, you know, in poverty and now you're doing pretty good. Um, or how all the things that God got you out of, or all the things that we messed up at, and God, you know, we were like, if you just fix this, Lord, if you just fix this, you know, and he, you know, and, and that we had grace and we had favor. And the thing is, is that um, at any time of day, like, just start thanking him, just start thinking. It's like, do we realize how much we're uh, a sum total of answered prayer? I mean, I know myself, it's like, I'm healthy today. Thank you, Jesus. I'm healthy. You know, I, I eat well. I, you know, I eat extremely healthy. I, there was a time I was so out of control with that. Um, or I was um, anorexic. And I also, you know, have people who love me. I mean, that's so much. I mean, if you have one person who loves you, that's one more person in this world than a whole lot of people have. I promise you that. And so... Are we thankful? Are we thankful to have our limbs? You know, we need to just be thankful where we're at, like, and the power that we have inside of us. So that just made me think, and that maybe just convicted me. You know, God was working on my child when it didn't seem, you know, his behavior was some of the worst. But those moments where God kind of like, you know, um, he doesn't, I'm not saying God does this, but it was like, you know, how I'm, I'm just using my own, like, you know, rhetoric, vernacular, whatever, but it was like God was winking at me and saying, I got you, girl. It's like he was saying, it's all right. Like, this is going to be what's going to be of this child. You know, don't let go of that. You might see a whole lot of other stuff in the interim, but just tell the devil you're not impressed and just do what you need to do. Don't hold back on having high standards for him. That was one thing. I had high standards for him. I didn't let him get away with um, rude behavior. And even people are you know, I, I taught him social skills. He was going to be grateful. He was going to be respectful to elders. Um, he was going to know how to say yes, ma'am, yes, sir, where that was appropriate. And he did learn social skills. And I'm amazed that in his generation, I would really just going to jump out on, on a limb here and say he's got a whole lot more social skills than a whole lot of his peers, you know, who weren't in, in this age of every, you know, all the communication is through, um, you know, social media, like they don't really, they weren't really maybe taught social etiquette. Like I had to really push on my son to compensate for, um, not picking that up naturally. So 
that brought me into that subject. And then Jesus rejoices in the Father's will. It says in that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. So did you see that? God, like Jesus was so happy that they, um, that they were happy that they had experienced the power of God. They experienced the presence of God on some level. And that made Jesus rejoice in the Holy Spirit and say, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding. In other words, um, yes, it's speaking to like, you know, people that are in power that are just intellectual or, you know, elitist and will just, you know, laugh at you and spit on you. Like, you're just so dumb. It's because I've been told this before. You're ignorant. You're, if you were more educated, you would not believe in God. It's not, it, it shows a sign of you're not cultured enough. You're not this, you know, whatever. And the things that you say, but even Jesus said, you know, you've hidden these things from the wise and understanding and not that we're not supposed to have wisdom and understanding or stop learning knowledge. I mean, I mean, there's some, you know, secular knowledge about things about math, about, you know, becoming more skillful on our jobs to be more of a blessing. He's not talking about that, but he's talking about wisdom and understanding that, um, that people get skilled at to deny Jesus, you know? And so, you know, he, and at that time, of course, he was t probably referring to the Pharisees and Sadducees and the religious order of that day. And he says, um, and, and understanding and reveal them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father or who the Father is except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So that just reminds me of that scripture that um, anyone who comes to God, you know, that you, there's only one way to God and that's through his son, Jesus. So then turning to his disciples, he said privately, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. And, and that we could just park right there. Like, thank you, Jesus, that I can even understand some of scripture, that this is speaking to me, that I really enjoy reading the word. I mean, there was a time, I promise you, I did not know where Genesis was. I remember like my first, one of the first Bible studies I went to and the pastor said, turn to Genesis. And I was looking all through my Bible and somebody had to show me there was a table of contents and that it was the beginning, you know, and Gen I mean, that's like a really basic thing that most people know that Genesis means beginning and that Genesis is the first book of the Bible. But I didn't, I mean, I was just, I was unchurched. I was just, you know, ignorant in these things. Um, and I didn't even know for a while that the Torah was the first five books of the Bible. I didn't even know that. And that, you know, the begin the first book in the Bible was Genesis. Um, then turning to the disciples, oh, okay, he said, for I tell you that many prophets and kings desire to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. So we're very blessed to live on this side of the cross, you know, where, where Jesus already resurrected. Speaking of resurrection day coming on Sunday, Jesus already, already resurrected and we have these promises in him. We have the power to make a change. And so we should just go forward and be these changers and do what God said, um, Luke, um, in Luke and chapter 61, I want to say Luke 418, that, um, um, the spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, um, to, um, 
set the, I have to, I, you know, I sing this song all the time, but now that I'm on this podcast and I'm in, um, I'm in pressure to like, I feel like I got this audience or something, you know, the, um, the scripture eluded me, but here I am. I'm in Luke 4, 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. So, uh, women of God, men of God, the spirit of the Lord is upon you because he's anointed you to proclaim the good news to the poor. So don't just pass by everybody today. Don't pass by an opportunity to bring comfort and to bring good news to somebody that they are loved by God and that God knows them by name and that God knew them before they were even born. He has sent you, man and woman of God, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So don't forget to, you know, pray for those who are oppressed, whatever's on your heart, you know, because all of us are going to have through our life experience something else on our heart. I have a real heart for the incarcerated and Christians who are imprisoned in other countries. Um, it just bothers me so much that anybody is spending one day locked up to no end. And um, that's something that is on my heart. And so when you hear about uh, to proclaim liberty to the captives, you know, God, and, and that is, some of that literally is prisoners. So don't get around that, you know, the incarcerated. Some of that is prisoners. And there, trust me, there's a lot of innocent people because, you know, no court system in the world is, is perfect. So there's a lot of innocent people. I'm not saying they all are and that some people need to be there and our society needs to be protected. I'm not saying that at all. But we don't want innocent people in, um, in prison. And that also means that somebody who's guilty for that crime is going free, okay? So, um, you know, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Those are people dealing with depression. Hello, probably, you know, 90% of Americans um, under oppression. You know, you could think of stress, thoughts of suicide, addictions, um, you know, anything that is self-destructive. And sometimes people... They don't do it within. Sometimes they act that out in anger. Sometimes they act that out in, they don't even, they're not even in touch with what they're feeling, but all they know is they come home and they binge watch anything. Whatever their thing is, they binge watch. They binge um, gaming. You know, they just want to get out of reality all the time. There's something going on there that you want to escape all the time. So anyways, thank you for listening to this podcast and I hope that it encouraged you or touched you in some way and I just want to qualify I am not a Bible teacher I'm just a sister in the Lord that wants to encourage you I'm an encourager and I just want to um, maybe just show you ways to let the Bible read you or ways that you can make the Bible personal to you just from my own experience I didn't write the book on Bible immersion. Pat Norstrom wrote the book on Bible immersion. So if you want to learn more, it's a great book. I um, suggest that you go on Amazon and order Bible immersion. The author is Pat, um, Pat N. And I am going to sign off after I tell you to have an amazing, beautiful day. My pastor tells us every Sunday that this is going to be the most amazing week of your life. So I'm just passing that baton on to you. And thank you for listening.